the Spaniard was stopped. And uh, the commentator just went ballistic. He's like, only stops, just cool as a cucumber. And I was like, (laughs) okay. Come on into the MJ Sports Pod season one, episode number 12. Uh, a little bit of a another hiatus, I guess, that we went on. Um, life gets busy sometimes and we can't get to the, the recording studios, a.k.a. our living rooms. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's good to be back in the in the swing of things here. Um, Josh, I was listening to the uh, watching the World Cup, right? Canada is like Canada's out. They scored a goal. They'd never done that in the World Cup, so I guess it's baby steps. Now you got to wait four years for them. They'll be in the next one because they're hosts, so they get to be automatically in that one regardless. But the uh, the best thing about the World Cup that I love every year is the the commentator. Every year that it happens is the commentators because the idioms and the things they use to compare things are just not like hockey or baseball or football. They're totally out of this world. So like yeah. you know like they'll be talking they'll be like oh and today is the day that they will remember for their lives today was not the day they could pull out the victory like the guy talking for Canada he was just like <laughs> he's from TSN and he's just like they've made a nation proud but they've fallen short <laughs> like well those two things don't go together you know <laughs> um, but it's like it comes there but today as we record this i was listening to morocco versus spain now morocco is going to be a fun story because spain couldn't score any penalty kicks today anyways so morocco though the first guy goes to shoot and he scores or no he was stopped sorry the spaniard was stopped and uh the commentator just went ballistic he's like oh and he stops just cool as a cucumber and i was <laughs> like oh, okay <laughs> But it's just like, and that's what he said. He didn't even try and change it. Didn't even try to like undo it. It was just like, that was his, his start. But, um, but the world cup, have you been following it at all? Like I, I'm kind of behind the Netherlands now that Canada's out, but. Yeah, no, I, I haven't watched a single game or anything. The only thing that I see from it is when TSN pops up notifications about 20 times a day about different teams playing and who's winning and who's advancing. But I, I don't know. I'm not a big like soccer fan and I, just I don't I'd rather like play soccer if I have to do something with soccer I just I just find it boring to watch on TV personally that's just for me but yeah I know I went to a local game here uh, Valor FC for the Canadian Premier League with my father-in-law and that was quite fun actually to be there because you got the fans just jeering and like the atmosphere is cool when you're there um, yeah but I sure. like I I wouldn't buy a membership to watch the games online because you, you can't watch all of them publicly. Like they're all, you have to buy a membership to stream like you do with everything in this life now. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the reason I like the world cup is because it legit is a world tournament, right? Like you don't have this uh, world series or world champions of the NFL. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I guess you can be champs if you're the only country in it. Um, yeah, exactly. so like those kind of things. So that, that's why I like the World Cup. I've always cheered for the Netherlands because Canada just never makes it. But this year was different. Uh, disappointing end. But uh, they put themselves on the map, right? Like they've they started to realize that this team could be good for years to come. And we'll see what happens to the coach. He put his foot in his mouth with the Croatian comment. And Croatia came back and blasted them 4-1. <laughs> so it's like, uh-oh. And that's who the Netherlands yeah. would play 
if they advanced and Croatia advanced, which is kind of fun. So anyways, that's our like little world cup spiel on here, but I just love the commentary on there. Like, you know, you just hear like, I don't know. It's just like, they're making a world announcement every time they have to describe something. And with Portugal, Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the best soccer players ever, they benched him today. He didn't get to start because he had a, I saw that. He had a reaction to being pulled early in the in the group stage or something. I don't totally follow it, but uh, the guy that replaced him had a hat trick and they won six to one. So it's kind of like oof. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he's like, "This is my chance, man," and he ran with it. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's how it goes, I guess. And these guys are paid Lit- exuberant amount of money. So he literally ran with it. <laughs> literally, yeah, he literally <laughs> picked it up and ran with it. So. Well, not picked right on. Up. Yeah, no, <laughs> picked it up with his feet, right? And yeah. it's just like it's just a different sport, right? Like you got, we'll talk a bit on the NHL segment about this, but I mean, you got Chris Letang who's back skating after his second stroke of his career. Should he be playing? I don't think so. That's not my choice. But then you got these guys just flopping on the soccer pitch, like it's like the you know like. <laughs> My favorite, my, one of my favorite highlights, and you can find it on YouTube, is the guy goes, there's these two soccer teams playing, and the one guy was standing beside another guy, and he grabbed the guy's arm and slapped himself in the face and then fell down, and the guy got in trouble for it, and the guy's like, oh. and they're like, it was your hand, wasn't it? He's like, oh, well, yeah, but he grabbed, like, he just hit him right in the face. It was like, oh, okay. But you see, like, things like that happen, and then you got, like, guys in the NHL here. I mean, we've talked about Jake Muzzin, too. Isn't He has a spine injury or something, right? Like, there's like things like that happening, and those guys want to keep playing. Like it's just totally different atmosphere. But that's our soccer then, side. We'll get into some of that with the NHL. But and then you got uh, the soccer uh, greatest goalie of all time, Scott Sterling. Yeah, Scott Sterling <laughs> is a gem of a. I like the. I think I like the soccer one better than the volleyball one, but it's uh, it's a treat. Yeah, when they like put him out in the chair and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Scott Sterling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, those are, those are good clips. So, well, Josh, on the show today, we're going to touch on some CFL. Last episode, we said, oh, we're going to take a break from CFL for a while. But since we're recording, there's just been nonstop news. So, we're going to dive into some of that. There's some surprising news from the from the BC Lions, and we'll get to that uh, after the break. But we're going to talk on some NHL things, too. Um Things are starting to shape up, right? We passed that that benchmark of American Thanksgiving, so we're starting to see where teams are. The teams that are better are starting to separate uh, from the rest, and we'll see what happens down the stretch. I don't even know if you can say the stretch; it's not the stretch run yet, but it'll. We'll see what happens down the road here. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're going to do our performers and pick them, and uh, that'll probably wrap up our show this week. And then I think next week we'll probably get uh, the Nate's nuke bombs. We'll try and see if he's available to do a do a basketball segment with us again um the raptors are just just content to flow at that win lose win lose win lose ratio so whatever whatever similar to the oilers i guess hey yeah yeah same same kind of diff right so no matter what team (laughs) i cheer for that's kind of how they're flowing these days so but uh yeah whatever floats your boat but uh we'll take a break we'll be right back on the other side of the break and we'll break down some cfl on the mj sports pod stay tuned Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 12. Um, 
talking some CFL, Josh. Now, last time we recorded, we said, <laughs> Grey Cup, thank goodness Toronto won, put a bow on that, put it on the shelf till for a while. A um, few days after that, news started breaking, and then we didn't get to recording last week. So now we got two weeks' worth of news that's like, okay, take it off the shelf, <laughs> undo the bow <laughs> that we put on it, and let's keep talking about it. Um, I think some of the biggest biggest headlines that we'll touch on uh, Bo Levi Mitchell wants to go somewhere where there's fans. So our brother Nate says, ha ha Toronto, take that. And I, and I don't think he's wrong, right? Like, I think that's kind of what he's saying. He also came out and said he wants to play like four or five years. He doesn't want to be that quarterback that grooms the next generation, which I don't know. I, I don't know if he can go that far if, if they're going to sign him for those kind of things. Cause obviously in Calgary, he got pulled cause he wasn't that guy anymore. So whatever. Um, so we have that. Brian Burnham announced retirement from the BC Lions after just eight seasons, which is kind of surprising, but he did hit injuries this year and the last season he played. So I wonder if that he just wants to take care of his body after football. That could be. We've seen guys in the NFL mm-hmm. play two seasons, three seasons, and retire for the same reason. So, um, but Brian Burnham was that will be guy in, uh, Was it uh, Detroit? Uh, what's his name? He was Megatron or whatever. He Calvin Johnson. He retired pretty young too, I think. Relatively yeah, Cal- speaking, to like and ages in the in uh, NFL and stuff like that. Yeah, Calvin Johnson retired, and he was kind of him and uh, Matt Stafford were kind of that dynamic duo. But I mean, <laughs> obviously, you needed more than them because he retired. Stafford <laughs> went and won a Super Bowl with the Rams. So, um, that's that's that, I guess. Um, but Burnham will be missed. He was one of the better guys in the game. Um, talent wise and like for growing the game like he just loved the game so um i mean you look at what bc has pumped out for receivers over their time like he's won they've had like well g roy simon was there for years like they've had some great names come through that organization so it's kind of too bad dominique rhymes and hatcher and all those guys will still be there this year will nathan rourke be back that's the other thing he's now started his workouts um and we'll see. I mean, then we want to flip over to the coaching side, right? Um, we'll talk Ottawa and then Saskatchewan because there's some interesting things with both. But Ottawa in one day <laughs> fixed the whole thing. <laughs> like yeah. Bob Dice, they removed the tag, which congrats to him. He has been, uh, uh, what do you call it, a journeyman, I guess, in the CFL. He's done special teams for years. I have this plaque on the wall of the uh, – I'm not even going to move the camera because it's audio here that we're going to display. But <laughs> um, the 101st Great Cup Champs that you gave me for Christmas one year, Josh, and the names on it um, for quarterbacks coach Kahari Jones, uh, Richie Hall as defensive coordinator, coordinator uh, Bob Dice was the special teams, and Baron Miles was on that uh, on that team. Now – Dice is the head coach of the Red Blacks. Kahari Jones is the OC and uh, Baron Miles is the DC. Like they fixed it all in one. Now you've put it in place. Now the players have to play, right? Like to me, it's like you put, those are good names. I was hoping Mm -hmm. Kahari Jones would end up in Sask. Um, But what do you think on that? I think they've landed some three very good football minds. Baron Miles, obviously, I think, I don't want to rank them, but I think he'd be the least experienced in terms of what he's going to see. But He's no slow, no slow cheeser. Yeah, it was very interesting. Like, uh, there's all these teams about who's gonna get uh, like, te- well, every team's got needs, obviously, as far as like coaching and personnel wise. But uh, it's kind of interesting to see Ottawa kind of they're like not 
waiting around for to see where pieces fall. They just kind of went out and got their guys. And <laughs> like yeah. you said, like Harry Jones was kind of linked to Sask- Saskatchewan at one point. Uh, and like, yeah, it's just kind of interesting now to see that uh, Ottawa's like, okay, well, let's just get who we want, get it done. And then it's, then we got our coaching staff and we can work like on personnel wise in the off in the free agency and stuff like that when that stuff starts opening up. So, um, yeah, no, it was very interesting. And I think, like you said, uh, Bob Dicey kind of took over the team in the end of the year. So, uh, saw some good things through the ending of the year. So to remove his interim tag and keep him on as a head coach just makes sense. I think, um, someone you're familiar with too. Like you don't have to uh, go out and interview all these people and see who'd be the best fit kind of thing. So um, yeah. And then uh, just quickly touching back on uh, like players and stuff, something that shocked me that I just read today when I was looking, cause I knew we were going to talk CFL. So I kind of was breezing through some CFL headlines just to kind of see what else was going on. But uh, Dalton Schoen hasn't had any NFL teams reach out to him yet it was kind of surprising to me actually with after the season he had well i think winnipeg uh, fans don't mind seeing that right um yeah <laughs> you don't want to like schaefer baker's down there in the states right now for the riders and it's like oh please i hope he doesn't make it but that sounds terrible but you like you want him back um but no i think i think they've got the right guys there uh all three of those guys uh my nate was talking with me one day here about this and I was like, well, you know, all three of those guys brought a great cup to Saskatchewan. He's like, yeah, yeah, because I think, I think a couple of them have been through. Well, maybe Bob Dice hasn't. Kari Jones obviously was with the Tie Cats for a bit there too. Kari Jones has one more team. I forget who it is, and then he's been with all of them in some capacity. So, oh, wow. they're calling him Kevin Glenn two point But uh, <laughs> a little different because some of those teams he was in coaching for, it wasn't playing, but. But yeah. I can't remember who it is. I I want to say maybe Calgary? Calgary, but but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know because Edmonton was yes, and I Calgary, think BC was yes. Calgary would be my. That's the first team that popped into my head when you said that. It's like yeah, they've kind of had the same guys for years. I just I don't think he was ever there. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. I think that's who it was, but. Um, but no, you know, like I've said this on this pod, Ottawa is kind of my East team. Like I, I want them to do well because I don't want to see another organization fold when we're trying to bring a 10th team in the league. Um, mm. cause obviously they've had two terrible years and the fans don't want to pay to watch, right? Like I've said that on this podcast, the writers, when they were having that terrible back half of the year, I went to the games, but after a while, it's like, I don't want to pay to watch this anymore until they fix some things because I'd rather just watch on TV where I can turn it off and keep you know, eating my supper or something, right? So um, you want to roll that way. But to touch back then to Saskatchewan, where Kahari Jones was tied. So they had – they received permission from their own running backs coach. We talked about that. <laughs> they received permission from, from Hamilton for Kahari Jones and Mark Mueller, uh, Calgary permission for Mark Mueller. Mark Mueller pulled his own name to stay in Calgary. Kahari Jones obviously went to Ottawa. Don't – I'm guessing the running back coach – didn't get the job because they they actually were asking permission from the Argonauts to talk with uh, Howell, I think, and he turned it down. The interview, not even the job, just the interview. And wow. I saw a headline. It said, like, Saskatchewan used to be the coveted place to coach. 
like Chris Jones, when that became available, he jumped on that, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we've seen other coaches do it. Ken Miller was good. Uh, Greg Marshall didn't have a good run, but he jumped at it when it came, like it was the place people wanted to coach. Um, mm-hmm. And now you're seeing guys turn down interviews. They're not even coming out to even interview for the job. And then you have Cody Fajardo came out today and said, I'm a little upset that the organization hasn't reached out to me. And I'm like, well, it's because they have no OC. Like they don't, they don't even know the yeah. direction they're going at the offense. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And when, when you run your mouth off and say you hope other teams want you, well, that kind of spurned, burned the bridge, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, I want to plan for my family. It's like, well, plan elsewhere, I guess. Like, I, I love the guy, but we need something more, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, Levi Mitchell, we've talked about that. That'll be like a thing that just rolls. But what is what's happening in Saskatchewan is that they've kept the head coach, Craig Dickinson. They've kept the defensive coordinator. They've kept management there. And people don't want to come. And that should tell you something. That that should say, like, this organization's in trouble with with the, the front office. I, I think the players on the field can do it. But it's just the systems they were playing this year just didn't work on offense. And we don't have a quarterback that can throw the deep ball. That was what killed us for a good chunk of the season. It reminded me, uh, their offense anyways, like, kind of sputtering this year. It reminded me of uh, a couple years ago. I don't know who was the OC then, but it was maybe it was even longer than two years ago. But it was that thing where every time it was like the first play of their offense, every single time would be quarterback gets the ball, turns sideways and chucks it across the field, like straight across. Wide out, yeah. Every single time. And I was I remember uh saying at some point, I can't remember who I was talking to, maybe it was you or dad or somebody. I was like it's just predictable. You know it's coming and it's going to be exposed. And then uh, in a game against Winnipeg, the guy, I think it was yep. the Banjo Bowl or, or the Labor Day. I was at that he, game, yep. He jumped First it. play. He knew it was coming. Yeah, he knew it was yep. coming. Jumped it, pick six. Like, it's a far throw to make. And if you're doing it every single time. <laughs> well, and the other I don't thing know who, is. Who was the OC then? Do you remember? Um, I think was that it was Kahari? Still, no, I think it was Steve McAdoo still. Oh, yeah. Okay. Leftover from the Chris Jones era. And it was the next season that we, uh, no, two seasons later that we brought Jason Moss on because he got fired from Edmonton, which maybe should have told us something as well. But, um, <laughs> but no, I was at that Banjo Bowl. And why you throw that wide out on the wide side of the field? I think it was the wide side of the field. I didn't even think it was the short side, but it was. It was like I saw him turn and I was like, uh oh. And then the barn fans all stand up and he was, he was gone. There was no catching. There was four pick sixes in that game, I believe. The, bomber, the Riders eventually won that one, and that's the only time I've ever seen them win in Winnipeg. And it's ironically the only time my father-in-law has never come with me. So that should tell you something, too. But um, You know an, an interesting name that I would throw out there for uh, OC would be a guy like Anthony Calvillo. Like, there's all these rumors about, like, he wants to work his way up in the coaching, like – ladder i guess i don't know what a other word you would use but uh like that would be kind of his next step i think because right now he, i think he's just a qb coach in montreal i don't think he's anything more yeah, than he, that he was like an offensive assistant he started calling plays after kari left but like not a full-fledged oc and there's the other team that doesn't have a coach right because machoch is like i'm not coaching next year like don't want to do that mm. again he wants. He just wants to be GM and manage the team, and that's fair. Uh, yeah. But who who goes there is really the the glaring hole to me is Mark Killam from Calgary. Like 
there's only one spot left, and they expected he would be a head coach by his season start next year, and there's only one spot left. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I, I see Calvillo happening would, there. Would be an interesting option too, like yeah, because he's played the game. He kind of he's won a lot. You know, it was like games changed a lot, obviously, since he's played. But I think that oh. could be a very interesting, like, but what option as a OC somewhere. What a gift that we got to watch him play, right? Like in our growing up years, like he was just a magician with that playbook. Oh, yeah. I, I just I hated playing against Montreal for that reason, but <laughs> he won great cups. He got he did what he needed to do. Um, so what it falls down to is honestly what I think is going to end up happening is you're going to see Lapolis come back to Sask. That that's honestly what I see is going to happen. Um, mm. I could be out to lunch on that. Calvillo is an intriguing option. I don't know if he's going to be an OC this year. I think he's still under and, contract with Montreal, but and would he ever leave Montreal? Is the other all other thing? Like he's been there his entire career playing and after playing. So like, would he leave? I kind of doubt it, but it just that just popped into my head today when I was looking when like when I was reading headlines and stuff. I saw there was like an article about him wanting to uh, kind of ascend the coaching ladder here. So, well, and he's earned the right. I mean, he's he just turned fifty years old. Um, it was very unfortunate that his career ended the way it did because he took that hit from Ricky Foley in Saskatchewan and that kind of did him in. He never came back after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, like you say, he's been with, he's been with Montreal. He actually did have a quick stint as the quarterback coach in, uh, in, uh, Toronto, but that was when, uh, Jim Pop and Mark Tressman were there. So it was like, he joined his Montreal counterparts and then he coached with the caravan which was danny machocha's team in the u sports and then when oh, okay. machocha came came back came to the alouettes Calvillo came with him right so but it is it like he's been around and he already coached in montreal prior to the toronto one too like he's this is his second go around with montreal but just different roles mm-hmm. um but yeah for his sake i hope someday but but yeah where we're at with the riders i don't know it's yeah, I guess we can just touch on the Winnipeg one too. They've re-signed Jefferson. They've re-signed uh, Big Hill. They've re-signed O'Shea. Um, they're not going to be able to keep all those guys. I saw an article today saying the Riders had to go get Hardrick or um, oh, who's on the other side. One of the offense. They said they had to get an O lineman from Winnipeg, and I was like, okay, get them from anywhere. <laughs> well, that's what it was. It was a list of ten guys, and I was like, oh my goodness, but. Hardrick was kind of one of the main ones. And then Derek Dennis was another one. I was like, oh, we tried that experiment already. So <laughs> He um, could dye his hair green again. <laughs> yeah, Bone Crusher on Twitter. Bone Crusher 6'3". Uh, but the Riders have the second most free agents. Ottawa has the most. Um, I saw a rumor today about Deadman going to Edmonton. I was like, oh, my word. And Sean White. It was like bold predictions, right? And Sean White going yeah. to Winnipeg. And I was like, yeah. It had to be a kicker for Winnipeg after what Legio has done this year, but mm-hmm. so, anyways. But that's kind of we'll keep a tabs on that stuff. I mean, I hope the riders figure out soon so they can start re-signing guys. Like some of these guys are waiting in limbo to see who the coach is going to be, and that's going to determine their options. And and that's yeah. that's fine, right? You're not officially UFA until February, so right now you can only re-sign your guys unless you release them outright. But uh, I mean the. The door remains open for Fajardo to stay, and a lot of people are like, uh, I don't think so, but we'll see what happens there. So, 
Well, yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk some hockey, and then we'll uh, carry on with the show right here on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 12. Uh, Josh, we want to transition a little bit to hockey here. As we record this, it is uh, Tuesday. December the 6th. I, I was looking for the number. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> I uh, thought you were confused on the day of the week. I was going to say that's <laughs> kind of where I'm at, too. I was up till like almost 12.30 last night before I went to bed. And oh, man. On call right now for work. And <laughs> when you said Tuesday and you had a pause, I was like, I think that is right. <laughs> well, Katrina asked me today about something that's coming up in my in my schedule in the new year. She's like, what day is that? I was like, it's a Saturday. She's like, no, what number? But I'm like, my chances are I'd say, oh, March 4th. And she'd be like, what day of the week is that? So it works out. But anyways, <laughs> we are here. Season one, episode 12, Tuesday, December the 6th. We're recording this. Um, NHL news, Josh, uh, the Oilers lose a, uh, <laughs> oh man, what a tough game to Washington, three to two. Uh, Skinner faced 50 shots. He stopped 47 of them. He did all he could. But the the Oilers just continue to back in back into games. Like it's like it's like a kid dipping his toes in the water to see how cold it is, and the other teams are doing yeah. cannonballs off the diving board in the deep end. Like it's just that's the analogy I'll use. It's just terrible, and they know it too. Every every post game now is like, oh, terrible start, terrible start. And it's like it gets old after a while, and you can't you can't blame Campbell and Skinner anymore because the games they've. Campbell needs something, but still, like, he's given them chances to win at times. And Skinner has, like, a 500 record, and they should have won every game he's played, in my opinion. Pretty close. It's been a couple that were stinkers. But, like, you shouldn't have – a you should have, like, two losses and, I don't know, eight wins. Like, that should be his record right now. Yeah. I mean, this is going back all of last season, year before that. The Oilers are mm-hmm. just – they – it's like uh, I heard on a podcast today. It's like they kind of just are like coasting around, and then they get scored on, and they're like, "Oh man, we we got to start playing. Like we got to yeah. try and catch it back up." And it's just like if you could start the game when the other team starts and actually try and score first, like it would help a lot of issues because they're constantly, constantly playing from behind, and it's just like so mm-hmm. frustrating. Because then, then that's when all this goalie issue controversy about Jack Campbell and it's like well he's trying his best to keep them in the game but it's like one the Oilers defense is playing terribly this year compared to what they were since Woodcroft and Manson came last year like the whole team structure when they came in last year like whole 180 and but like this season I don't know what it is but the entire like it's not even just one guy it's just all six defensemen or seven whatever you bring that night like they're just letting I, chance and chance and chance and chance through. And, and then it's like, oh, Jack Campbell, blah, blah, blah. it's like, okay, but can we step back and look at how the defense was playing and how the team was playing? Like, is it really mm-hmm. all on him? I don't, I don't think it is at all. <laughs> well, and you can, you could actually say like all eight defensemen that have set foot on the ice this year, like you could put Nima Line and Broberg both in that comment. I said today, someone said Broberg was uh cleft bomb 2.0. And I'm like, maybe because he's Swedish, but I don't think skill level by any means yet. He like no. he also hasn't really played in the NHL, right? So there's like you gotta give that to Clefbaum didn't play in the NHL for years before he came. Um but like last night, okay, I watched that whole game. 
disappointed at the end. And there's not often the Oilers lose. And I'm like, you know what? I'm okay. They played like they were in it. And it was because mm-hmm. of Skinner. I saw one guy put on Twitter. He's like, I would shudder to know what the score would be if Campbell was in net. I'm like, that just crossed my mind. And that is not a knock. That's just how the season's gone. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember like watching that game last night. The shots were like 24 to 10 after the first. Skinner was keeping a minute. They at one power play, they had at least eight shots. And Ovechkin only had two. So that tells you like everyone shoots the puck. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ovechkin tried for the empty net. They couldn't get it. The Oilers uh, were pushing, pushing, pushing. But then the horn goes, right? And that's the game. And the last goal, people on Twitter are ripping Evan Bouchard apart. And I'm like, let's not go down this trail again. Because what happened, uh, and I don't, I don't even know if Bouchard's on Twitter. Maybe he still is. But what happened was on Saturday night, I listened. I like to watch After Hours on Hockey Night in Canada because they usually have intriguing interviews on there. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks, about a month ago, they postponed Ethan Bear because the game went to overtime. So they only had time for Bo Horvat. So I was like, okay, turning it off. So I listened this time for Ethan Bear and the story he told. And they actually touched on that Oilers thing where he let, like, he gave, coughed at the puck for that series, that game winning goal in the one game. Mm-hmm. And then all the hate speech went on Twitter, right? And he had that, him and his fiance had that advocate, or I guess. I don't know if they were engaged at the time, but they were advocating for anti-bullying stuff, right? And and Bear didn't play another game for the – well, he might play one more playoff game, but like didn't play another regular season game for the Oilers after that. Um, he also has bounced around to three teams now, so it's not like – I don't, Ken Holland knew something more to hockey there, but um, it's still at the same time, like, to watch that – watch his story was, uh, was intriguing. But like, now I've seen uh, Bouchard last night. They're ripping him apart, and it's like – He's played fairly good, and Kulak, best game I've seen him play as an Oiler. Sure, he was on the ice for the like go-ahead goal for Washington, but he scored. He was in the rush. He was hitting everything that we wanted him to do. The thing that frustrates me, I said it time and time and time again, about Oilers fan base is this happens where a player, uh, like I heard it on another Oilers podcast that I listened to uh, during the weeks and stuff, and it they said like. Any young player that comes in, like Evan Bouchard, who had a great season last year, isn't going to just continually go up and up and up and up and up and up. Like, there's going to be valleys in that, too, where they come back down and there's a lot of swing in the, like, up and down and up and down. And last year, I think last year was his first full NHL season. Mm -hmm. He's had a tough go getting going, but... And again, the like the whole team, like I said, the entire defense has. And it just reminds me of Ethan Bear as well as Justin Schultz, like how these guys, these offensive defensemen come in, these young guys, they start making mistakes. And it's like, you really think the answer is getting rid of Evan Bouchard at this? He's, what is he, 22, 23 years old? Like, yeah, maybe. you really think that that's the solution is just to kick him out of town when he's not even making a million dollars right now. Like he's, <laughs> he's not, he's not got a big contract. He's still, like I said, he's maybe last year, first full season. Let, let's just say it for argument's sake, because I'm not looking at it right now, but like he's had one entire full NHL season under his belt. Let's say like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's nothing <laughs> in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. Like, and yes, he had a great season last year, and people expected him to take another step into the top four defense this year. But I think 
the best place for Evan Bouchard is still third pair. Um, and then uh, number one power play unit. That's where I think you'd see a lot of improvements because he was on the third pair with Broberg, uh, not last night, but the game before, I think, or two games before, and he had two goals. That was his when he started, you know, two goals. And his defensive game was way better than it has been. And, but his minutes were cut by like five minutes or so per night. And it's like, maybe that's what he needs right now is just a little less workload and mm-hmm. he won't be forcing things and he can continue to refine his game. And then maybe you move him up to the top four later in the season or next year. Like, I don't see the reason, the need to like rush all these guys all the time. Like mm-hmm. Oilers are famous for doing it since Ken Holland's come in. It's not been as bad, but like they're famous for it. Like a guy starts doing well as a young player and it's like okay get him in the lineup get him in like the top like top pairing defenseman or like number one number Mm -hmm. two line and they just like rush these guys and they're not ready for it (laughs) well this is it yeah and um just looking at the standings here like the other thing with the games is uh so the Oilers are sitting in the first wild card spot they've also played the most out of most of these teams um the only team that's played more than them is the Sharks at 28 games, but otherwise everyone's played 26 or less. Um, and first through uh, the f- one, two, three, four, and five in the wild card race is separated by four points. That's two wins. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's the other thing. They're in the thick of it. It's not like they're like, oh, it's a write off, you know, like, and the Oilers yeah. are also four points out of the third place in the division and have two games in hand on LA. So, in theory, if you win, you have more regulation wins. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, like, that's the thing. I They also need to realize, like, we're right here. But what I don't get is Woodcroft got something out of this team last year, went deep in the playoffs. Now, right now, it looks like they've gone back to old habits. Mm-hmm. Put Drysaddle and McDavid back together. Like, all this stuff has happened again. And it's like, how, like, have they lost? I'm not suggesting Woodcroft needs to be changed, but I'm just saying, like, do they not no. give him voice anymore? Like, you look at, and this is going to be an outrageous comparison, but you look at Tampa Bay. John Cooper has been there how long? Years. And they play the same way every night for him. And mm. we don't have vets that have won two cups in a row, or if you're Patrick Maroon, three. But. <laughs> I also think, like, after that 16-17 run, when we decided, you know what? Letestu can go. Maroon can go. Matt Hendricks can go. That was a mistake. You traded away oh, all yeah. the role players and the vets. Like, they're mid-30s. They're on the team for a reason. Lucic was on that team. He left for the real deal, Neil, who then we let go as well. <laughs> but I Bottom think that was a mistake. Right. To let those guys go, right? Yeah. No, I think... I mean, Ken Holland's never been one to, like, just the team struggling. He goes out and pulls the trigger and just starts making drastic changes. But I think he needs to start doing something. Like, they need a top four defenseman. They need somebody in the third, fourth line, like you said, a character guy, a veteran guy, something. Like, he needs to shake something up because the way they're playing right now, it's not working. And... Mm -hmm. I think you move Barry or you move uh, Bouchard down to third pair, put Barry up to second pair. If you're going to keep Barry, if you're going to package him for something, do it. And there's uh like, I saw an article about 
different guys. Like, I think it was like three left shot defensemen the Oilers could go after kind of thing. And uh, there's a guy in Columbus. Uh, I think it's, I know his last, the last name is Gavrikov. I think it's Vladislav Gavrikov or something like that. A guy nobody hears about, but he's playing over 20 minutes a night in the top four of that team. He's a left shot, like defensive defenseman, like a shutdown guy makes 2.8 million this year. And I think one more year after, or he's a UFA, but like, that's a guy you go after. In my opinion, he's making under $3 million. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'd have to obviously, and this is where it gets tough is it's like, uh, everyone's up against the cap because of the flat cap, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) everybody's right up against it. It's hard to make, these changes when you are a struggling team right now because the salary caps been, went up a million bucks. Like, that's it. And I don't know. Like, then you have the nurse contract, which I don't. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No, just kidding. I don't hate nurse as like a player. I think he's a good defenseman. He's not a $9 million defenseman, is my issue. Yes. Like, seven, six, at the other day? six and a half. Sorry. You see him biff it the other day after he scored his goal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Gary. I think six and a half, seven million dollar guy, in my opinion. And if that would have happened, then like the Oilers are looking at another two or three million they have to spend that they could have brought in another defenseman. But like, I don't know. That's where I see the Oilers' problems. I don't think Jack Campbell's an issue personally. I think he's under a lot of fire during the games because of the defensive structure of that team right now. I think they need a top four defenseman and they need a third line energy guy, like someone who's going to go out and just hit people and like not a big scorer, but somebody who's going to come in like uh, like a Patrick Maroon or someone like that, who's going to go out there and just start throwing hits and like, yeah, like bringing well, energy into this team. Cause like <laughs> they don't have anybody like that anymore who just like they had, it was a Vander Kane. He's granted he's out right now. But, like, they need another guy like Evander Kane in the bottom six who's going to go around and just start throwing hits. Because Bourne Fogel well, should be that guy, but he's not doing it. <laughs> well, he's hurt too. But, yeah. uh, like, the other thing with this Oilers team, and we'll touch on a few other notes here and then look ahead. But um, the other thing with this Oilers team is the injuries are crazy right now. I mean, you have no Kane. Hyman didn't play last night, and it was noticeable. You did not have that mm-hmm. weird presence in front of the net that just backhands all game. Um, yeah. And we played – the other thing was we played Lindgren. I'm not – that's not a knock to him, but it was like this isn't even Kemper. Like, we should be peppering this guy with pucks. Or there's got yeah. 30 shots on goal. There's 80 shots in that game on net. That's not even the attempts. So, you look at that. Fogel has been placed on the IR. Yamamoto came back yesterday. And that's the other thing with the money. They have to put these guys on IR because you can't have all this money just sitting up top. So mm. I'm just going to read the last few games of the Oilers shots against. Okay. So Washington 50, Montreal 33, Minnesota 30, Chicago 25. That's whatever. Uh, Florida 28, Rangers 23. And let's just go on more Islanders 31. The Islander one, though, the Oilers put 49 on it and score, but that was because they ran into Sorokin. But, like, that's the thing is the defense, the good teams, I'm not saying you're going to make only let 20 shots a night. That's not what I'm saying. But 
it can't be 50 a game. Like Skinner, no. there's no way Skinner plays tomorrow against Arizona. He's you no. got to rest him, or you're going to wreck him, and then we're going to be really up a creek. And I saw someone suggest we send Campbell down to the minors and bring Pickard up, and I'm like, someone's going to take him off waivers, but maybe they wouldn't with that contract. But I'm like, that's a stupid idea. No, I I saw that too, and it's like, yeah, like there's teams like Chicago who will gladly claim him off waivers, in my opinion. Absolutely. Like and then, like then what do we do? Yeah, exactly. No, what I think if you want to do that, I did hear this. I know I reference podcasts a lot, but I listen to a lot of sports podcasts to get other people's in, opinions and information. But uh, you could do what the uh, Seattle Kraken did with Shane Wright. If you scratch a guy for five games, I guess, five consecutive games, you're you're allowed to send them to the AHL on a conditioning stint. So if you wanted to do that, you could. But then you're relying on Skinner and Pickard, maybe, or whoever you bring up to mm-hmm. carry the load for probably 10 to 12 games somewhere in there. Right. And it's like, is that, is that a smart decision then? Like coming, like, does that really help you out more than keeping Campbell there to tandem it with Skinner for that same mm-hmm. time frame? Like if you're looking 10 mm-hmm. to 12 games, because if you send Campbell down for conditioning, then you're going to give him at least, I think probably at least five games in the AHL to kind of get mm-hmm. his game back. So you scratch him for five, send him down for five. You're at ten at that point. Either I'm just say about twelve, to, mm-hmm. but like that's a significant chunk of time, especially now that we're over a quarter of the way into the year. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, like it, it is what it is, right? Like I'm just gonna look at the schedule here because it's not actually all that terrible um, down the down the stretch here, but. Like, they play Arizona, they play Minnesota, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, Anaheim, Nashville, Dallas, uh, Canucks, and then that's Christmas break. And then the week after that, they play Calgary, Seattle, Winnipeg, so that'll be fun. But, like, it's not, like, a horrendous schedule. Like, it's not like they're playing tons of back-to-backs. You got time. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what it goes. But uh, I want to throw one thing here. I don't know if you know this. Uh, Shane Wright was going to play tonight against Montreal. And he scored his first NHL goal against the Canadiens tonight who passed on him. Um, pretty sweet moment for him. I just saw the score was 1-1, and Shane Wright has the first goal from Bjorkstrand and Yanni Gord. Uh, so that's kind of a, a cool storyline um, to see mm-hmm. see that for him because I know he was quite ticked when Montreal didn't take him. Well, he claims he wasn't, but you could see his face. Um yeah, like anyways. when he stared down their table and he's like, oh, no, yeah. I wasn't doing that. It's like, what do you mean, man? So, Everybody saw it. <laughs> so that's the justice that you you want to serve, right? Is on the on the ice. So that's kind of a cool moment for him. Um, the Devils are first in the NHL. <laughs> you and I, you had you had them second last in the Metro. I had them third last. Um, and the Bruins finally lost at home, fourteen zero and one at home, twenty and three. They were going into the game last night. The Oilers will not play them till the new year. They play them, I think, twice in two weeks or three weeks, like home and home kind of thing. Um, so that'll be interesting to see where that goes. But um, yeah, any other NHL news you want to touch on? I don't. I think we've kind of combed through the Oilers, and I don't know that there's any big uh, stories per se. No, I think uh, I thought I had something else. I was trying to just think when you were talking there. I thought I had something else I was going to say, but. That's about it. Yeah. I think 
one other well i guess one other thing is the uh hickerin watch i guess as we were mm-hmm. keep, everyone keeps talking about it but I think Arizona's going to have to come down in their price or they're going to wait them out and lose them for nothing because uh, yep. <laughs> they uh, they want two first-round picks. According to uh, Pierre Lebrun, I think, who is, I was listening to, it's two first-round picks, a young player and a prospect, I think, is what they want mm-hmm. for him. And, I mean, he's still got this year and one more year left, I think, on his contract. So, I mean, you could wait it out the entire year and do it in the offseason if you wanted, but there's going to come a time where that price is going to drop drastically. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's just intriguing that way. Right. Like I think um, it's funny when you see all these guys that they're all going to wait and be like, oh, let's see what they do. You know? So it's like, uh, and the Brock, Bess- Brock Besser's interesting too. That's very interesting. And, I, that and Brock Besser wasn't supposed to play that game the other day, and then he scored. And it sent it to yeah. overtime. They ended up, well, uh, did they win or did they lose? I think no, they, they won. won. In overtime, like late yeah. in overtime, yeah. Um, But, yeah, like that's a whole other – but that thing – that we'll save that for another day maybe, but that – like his cap hit is going to affect that one because they signed him to such a big deal. Um, mm. But it's but... only one – this is the last year of it, I think, too. So, I mean, if you really were content on moving him – you could eat some salary and get a few few more assets, like. And it's funny because Boudreaux says, "No, oh, he just needs to learn. Like, he's not playing well." Because Boudreaux, mm. it's old school, but the new new school NHL is like, "Oh, he's being traded." Yeah. Um, so we'll see where it goes. We can talk about that another day too, and uh, but that that'll be another watch. So uh, we'll call that good for the NHL this week. Um, lots of games on the go here. Where World Juniors will be starting here in a couple weeks. Spangler Cup will be starting in a couple weeks. Uh, a lot of winter hockey, if you will, and it's World Juniors. I'm actually excited for. I wasn't all for that August edition that they did. So uh, it's always nice when it's when it's cold. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll take a break, Josh. We'll be right back on the other side, and we'll uh, wrap up the show with performers and NFL pick'em. Stay tuned on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 12, uh, closing time here at the show. And uh, Josh, why don't you give me your – we'll do performance of the week. I will quickly uh, re- preface our NFL pick-ems. Uh, the records, you went 4-0 last week with all the Thanksgiving games. Two weeks ago, I should say, because we took a hiatus. And I sure. went 2-2, uh, two and two, so I'm 21-19, and 19, you're 24-16. and 16. Uh, I got four games picked out here for a minute in a couple minutes. But uh, let me know who your performer is, and then I'll do mine, and we'll dive into that after. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my performer uh, is more like performers. Uh, I was going to touch on this in the uh, NHL segment, but I didn't want to really give away my performer yet. So uh, it's going to be Mitch Marner and Jason Robertson. Just, uh, tonight, Mitch Marner got a point again. So he's now at 20 game, 20 game point streak and Jason Robertson currently 18 games, like just unreal. Um, I was trying to find, I saw a post on uh, Facebook today. I think it was TSN that shared it that showed they're both their games played uh, day their streak started and their points and something. And I think Jason Robertson's got some unreal goal total. I can't remember what it is, but like uh, 
like they're just both those guys are just on a tear right now so um mm-hmm. it's exciting to watch and intriguing to watch but those would be guys would be my performers right now just uh just the length of it's gone like you don't see that 20 games for like mitch marner like that's super yeah, crazy that's patrick kane i think was 26 and that was a handful of years ago but that was incredible in and of itself uh yeah, i think said... gretzky had 50 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said Mitch Marner, uh, fourth active player to record 20-game point streak. Uh, Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, and Paul Stasny are the other – or Stasny. Yeah, Crosby ones. had that big Stas- one too. <laughs> Stasny surprised me. I didn't think his name would be on there. but <laughs> I guess he, he was like a stud though when he started out, right? Like yeah. he was a pretty good offensive player. Colorado, um, I think, too, right? It was very kind of – Yep. Yeah, and I think it. I think his dad played for the Nordiques. Like it was kind of a cool mm-hmm. thing that he, he would go fasting. there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, to touch on that Leafs game too, they just won four nothing. Matt Murray forty four safe shutout against Dallas. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that guy throws up games and then has duds. So throws up games and throws nets off. It's their moorings. <laughs> that okay. That's gonna be another topic for another day because that that is ridiculous. <laughs> um, he's gonna get new skates if that's what they're gonna do. Uh, for me, it's going to be Skinner from last night. Uh, I watched the whole game, and it's – I feel like I'm always picking Oilers, but that to me was 47 saves, career high. Uh, the fact that it was 0-0 after one when we had 10 shots and they had 24, and he was on pace to make 70-some saves. Um, I was real. really hoping – I was really hoping when it was 3-2 that they would get to 53 shots just so he could have 5-0 on the saves. But mm-hmm. – uh, but he's playing, and the thing is, that he deserves both those goalies deserve those guys to play in front of them uh, better because mm-hmm. uh, they deserved a better outcome for him, or he deserved a better outcome maybe. But the team didn't play. McDavid had a breakaway, and they had another power play goal, and or was it power play goal? No, it was Kulak's shot from the point. Uh, so like they had their moments. McDavid doesn't miss much anymore when he does that. I think he's three for three in power and breakaways this year. <laughs> um, they showed his. They showed his first two seasons. First season, I think he had 15 breakaways. Second season, 17, and then it was like nine. And they're like, you can see the NHL crack down on him. It's like, well, yeah, that's totally what happened. But well, it's, uh, it's that. But it's also that uh, McDavid's also rounding out his game a lot more. Like he's not mm-hmm. just offensively like taking the puck and flying down. Like he's playing a lot better defensively too, which I think contributes to that too. Like. Yeah. And obviously, as a rookie and in his second year, like he just was faster than anybody, and he still is fastest skater. But like, you yeah, see him kind of rounding out his game a little more now too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, McDavid could always be my performer of the week, but I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> go with Skinner. Um, and McDavid, I mean, he just turns the Jets on and leaves. Like it's incredible yeah. to watch from a standstill. He just goes, but the Oilers need these guys to come back, like these injured guys, right? So Kane started yeah. skating, but anyways, it's performance of the week. Skinner's my guy. Um, <laughs> let's do, uh, let's do pick them quickly here, Josh. So you're 24 and 16. We've missed two weeks. So I guess we'll be eight games shy. Um, and I am 21, 19. What we're going to do, because we always, I don't release this podcast in time for Thursday ever. So we're going to cut the Thursday nighters. <laughs> we're just going to pick <laughs> three Sunday games, including Sunday night and Monday. So then by Saturday, when the pod usually goes out, then we'll have have, have it here. But um, let's start here. The One of the intriguing games of the week is going to be the Jets and the Bills. 
And those New York teams are actually pretty decent this year. Um, mm. What do you think for that one, Buffalo or New York? Which is kind of funny because uh, they're on the same state. Yeah, I was going to say Buffalo is in New York. Uh, I'll go with Jets. I don't know. Okay. Take a flyer on that. You like taking flyers. I'm going to go with uh, the Bills. Uh, the next one is intriguing. I'm going to – it's Tampa Bay at San Fran. And I'm going to pick San Fran because that third quarterback, uh, what is his name? Mr. Uh, Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. But what's his actual name? Because <laughs> I want to uh, – I'm just going to look it up here. Because it was so funny when up? I – oh, I was just going to say, while you're looking that up, I'm going to say I'll pick Tampa Bay on that one. Okay. My boy Jimmy G's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay uh, stunned the Saints last night. They scored three seconds left to win the game. Uh, Mister Irrelevant's name is Brock Purdy. I think that's a pretty sweet name, and he had he had quite quite an outing actually for them when he came in relief the other day. Um, but yeah, talk about San Fran. Garoppolo was set to make all those bonuses, man, and now they're all gone. But. Mm. Uh, so that's that. Miami at Chargers is the Sunday night football game at SoFi Stadium. Do you have the Chargers or the Dolphins? I'll take the Chargers. Okay. I had Miami already written down. So, so far we are picking complete opposites. Um, <laughs> finally, New England Cue at me. Arizona. Hear what I said? I said perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, let's go uh, Arizona on that one. Okay, that's who I picked too. And just quick, uh, since we're on the NFL topic right now, Baker Mayfield's very interesting story right now. Yeah, he's he's on the Super Bowl champs, man. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was last year, but he's on the Super Bowl champs. <laughs> Terrible team this year. Um, yeah, on the way to the Rams, so. Uh, we'll yeah. see what happens there. Lost his job in Carolina. If you lose your job in Carolina, who's four and eight? Yikes! Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's one thing to lose it to Cleveland, who is has decent players, but yikes, Aru, it's that's that's not what you want. So, yeah. all right. So you got we got uh, I got Bills, uh, Niners, Dolphins. I was gonna say Coyotes, Cardinals. Um, <laughs> you you have the Jets, Bucks, Chargers, and Cards as well. Um, we'll see where that goes, but, uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up. Season one, episode 12 of the MJ sports pod. Uh, you can visit us on social media. <laughs> no, uh, Facebook, we have a page MJ sports pod. Uh, we have the M- at MJ sports pod for Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can email us if you're into that sort of thing. MJ sports pod at gmail.com. Send us a letter. Uh, yeah, send us snail mail. Josh, what's your address? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, be sure we enjoy that uh, people are listening and giving us uh, feedback. So be sure to uh, rate us, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, literally anywhere you get podcasts. And uh, we'll be back hopefully next week. <laughs> Bar, as long as barring no life, stomach, no more stomach flu in my house will be good. Yeah, yeah. Barring <laughs> any more life events, um, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you hopefully 
or record for you hopefully next week. Uh, but you've been listening to season one, episode 12 of the MJ Sports Pod. Uh, stay tuned for episode 13 uh, coming in the near future. Take care, everybody. Thank you.